Welcome to Center United Methodist Church. So glad you're joining us virtually as we uh, have our service for the 29th of uh, March. We're still in lockdown, as you all know, and so we're get, giving you an opportunity to worship with us each Sunday. And we'll also be worshiping on Monday, Thursday. So keep that in mind, mark that on the calendar, and we'll do that at 7 o'clock Thursday. I'm glad you're here. We're praying for all of you as it's a trying time for everybody around the world. And particularly, as much as we are dealing with it, the folks in Africa and the folks in India are having a lot worse problems than we because of their particular situations. So we need to remember particularly the poor of the world and how they are able to deal with this pandemic. Thank you for being here. It's great. Great to be here, here at Center, and great to worship together. And you're a vital part of that. So to begin our worship, uh, Robert and Lisa will lead us in some music. And the words are on the screen behind me, so feel free to sing. This is our version of the coronavirus blues, Blessed Assurances third day version.
Thank you, Robert and Lisa, for bringing the music to us like that. Now here's the word of God. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to him.
And the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomed sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus said, There was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to the father, Father, give me the share of property that will belong to me. So he divided his property between them. A few days later, the younger son gathered all he had and traveled to a distant country. And there he squandered his property in desolate living. When he'd spent everything, a severe famine took place throughout that country. And he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him to the fields to feed the pigs. He would gladly have filled himself with the pods that the pigs were eating, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired hands have bread enough and to spare? Here I am dying of hunger. I will get up and go to my father. I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer to be worthy to call be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. So he set off and went to his father. But while he was still far off, the father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran out and put his arms around him and kissed him. Then his son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, Quickly, Bring out the robe, the best one. Put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. And to get the fatted calf and kill it. And let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. This is the word of God for you, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Here we find Jesus, as Luke portrays the gospel. Uh, he's in a familiar position by now. When he's teaching and preaching and healing, there are always a group of religious leaders on the side as if they were making notes of charges against him. Jesus now is sitting with the tax collectors, the sinners, these religious leaders, they don't condone them, nor their actions. Their actions are against the law. But yet Jesus is with them. And knowing all this, Jesus decides to tell three stories. They all have the same thing. The first one is the story of the lost sheep. The second one is the story of lost coin. And the third one is our story today, known to many as the story of the prodigal son, but perhaps a better name for it would be the parable of the lost son. 
These are only found in Luke. And it portrays Luke's concern all the way through his scripture for the poor and the neglected. Perhaps you know the story well, but he, this young son, he wants his father to go ahead and divide the inheritance and give him his share. The father does this. And it's really pretty logical from the young son's perspective because of the inheritance laws in that day. See, the older son gets two-thirds all of all that the father has, plus takes over the family business. The younger son, or if there's more than one son, all of them get a share of what's left. And they either stay there and work for the older brother, or they take out on their own. And the younger son decided to take out on his own, better now than later. So he takes his money and all that he has, and he goes to a far country. And there he spends his money celebrating, partying, you know, getting friends. But when the money runs out, his fair-weather friends are no longer there. He's left on his own. He's by himself. And to top it all off, a famine occurs. It's not long before he's desperate for food. And so he gets a job from a local uh, person there, and that person sends him out in the field to feed the pigs. This is a hideous job, no matter who you are. But for a Jewish person to be feeding pigs, it's the worst of the worst. Because pigs are unclean. It's a real symbol or picture of how far this young man has gotten from where he was. He's alone. He doesn't have his family anymore. And the worst of all, he is separated from God. Riotous living was bad. But slopping pigs was the very worst. Then the scripture says something really astounding to me. It says that this young man, while he's in the midst of the muck and mire of the pigs, he says he comes to himself. What does that mean to come? To yourself. Leslie, she was a bright girl and had two sisters. But unlike her two sisters, she was excruciatingly shy and introverted. Consequently, she didn't have many friends. She recalls her favorite book was a chemistry book that came out of a chemistry set she got one Christmas. She loved to do those experiments. They just wowed her. And from that time on, she thought, I'm going to be a scientist, and I'm going to discover something someday. She had good grades. She went off to college. And it was an exciting first semester. 
She made the dean's list. But it was tough on her because she was so introverted and shy, she never developed any friendships. Then, one day, her roommate announced that she was moving out and getting another roommate. And she found herself virtually all alone. And this worked this distress upon her. She got really introverted. She started seeping into depression. She started sleeping all the time and missing classes. She felt like she could no longer go on. And so she decided to take an overdose of sleeping pills. But luckily, she kind of woke up dizzy and somebody saw her and they called the infirmary and they saved her. But then she had to leave school. She was diagnosed with depression, borderline personality disorder, mood swings. After the hospital, she went home and stayed there for a while, but that didn't work. And she decided to leave home. Her suffering, depression, mood swings pushed everybody away. In and out of the hospitals. Now she was on the streets. One day, she found herself in Raleigh, North Carolina, seeking shelter on a cold night. And she wound up in a night shelter. Her Life had gone from bad to worse, and again, she felt she could no longer make it. And she had found a box of matches in the shelter, and so she decided she wouldn't scream. And she lit her clothing on fire, but she couldn't not scream. And as she was burning, she screamed, and people came and helped her put the fire out, but she now had burns over most of her body, severe burns. And that started the process of being in and out of more hospitals, even spending time at Dorothy Dix, which used to be our state's mental hospital. Eventually, she checked herself out of Dorothy Dix, and was back on the street again. Now her six-foot frame was a mere 80 pounds. And she had bandages. And she's very weak. But on the street, it was still hard. She couldn't get around very well, so she had heard that the urban ministries... It was a place she could get bus tokens. She, just, she didn't have to walk so much. So there at her lowest point, she met Sister Helen Wright, who took a personal interest in Leslie. At first she got her bus tokens. Then she had bandages and salves for her wounds. food, a temporary place to stay, and trips back and forth to the hospital. Leslie said, I can't believe 
She's going to all this effort for me. As much as Leslie wanted to cut and run, there was something about Sister Wright's compassion that was overpowering. As time went along, Sister Wright asked Leslie to answer the phones at the center. And Leslie discovered there was something helpful about focusing on someone else's problems instead of on her own all the time. She started going to church again. She was given a contract to tutor a girl in science. She found an apartment. And she hooked up with a group called Handicapped Encounter Christ. Through this group, Dr. Jim Drake volunteered, asked her to be a volunteer in his lab. And it wasn't long before that became a job. In 1993, she enrolled in night courses, and she published a science article. From that, she got a scholarship to Duke University, and in 1997, graduated with a degree in biochemistry. Then she went on to East Carolina to medical school. She graduated from there. And her desire now is to help people like herself, the poor on the streets. She wants to make a difference in people's lives. She wants other people to know that there is hope. She wants to be the sister to Helen, to others. She came to herself through the love and compassion of Sister Helen Wright. The younger son came to himself in the midst of the muck and mire of feeding pigs. And they decided to journey from the far country back home, both literally and figuratively. I don't know if you've ever watched that old movie called The Kid starring Bruce Willis. It's a, about a 39-year-old man who's uh, talented. He's a talent image consultant. He makes big money, cars, has house, has lots of power. But he doesn't have a steady girlfriend or, as it says in the movie, he's chickless, dogless, and at odds with his father. And he's really a jerk. So watch this clip, and maybe you'll be inspired to go see the, see the movie yourself while you're at home uh, and can't get out and go anywhere. How can I help you, Governor? They tell me there's going to be an investigation. For Russ Durrance, time is money. Stop crying. I'll try. No, I mean right now. You're giving me a headache. An image is everything. Jerk. You lousy jerk. 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 If you get called a jerk four times in the same day, does that make it true? What, only four? Did you get up late? But in the business of giving advice, he's the one who needs help the most. There is nothing wrong with me. Take your phone off. You're with a human now. Now, on his 40th birthday... Just when I think I've seen the worst in you, then I get the tiniest glimpse of the kid in you. He'll get a magical chance to rediscover himself. Ah! 
as Russ Doritz, the man, I know you. meets Russ Doritz, the kid. Are you who I think you are? Russell Morley Doritz. How'd you know my name? I'm dreaming, dreaming, dreaming! I don't think you're dreaming, because you're talking and your eyes sort of twitching. This little boy is me at age eight. I want you to make him disappear. How was the therapist this morning? Do it, Janet. Chester! Who is Chester? My dog. The dog I'm going to get when I grow up. Sorry, kid. No dog here. No dog? So let me get this straight. I'm 40, I'm not married, and I don't have a dog. I grow up to be a loser! See, when I look at him, there's a collection of awful memories. Oh. Memories I spent most of my adult life trying to forget. One man. How's many you? That's hilarious, Janet. And one boy <laughs> will get a second chance. Holy smokes! At life. What happens next between being me and becoming you? There's something very strange going on. She's not going to believe us. She will. She won't. She will. She won't. She will. She will. Hey! Disney's The Kid. The character that Bruce Willis played, he was out in the far country. Even though he had everything, money and cars and he had a big job, but he didn't have any friends. He, they, people he only were around him to work with him or they needed his talent. It takes a visit from his eight-year-old self to help him realize that he's in the far country and needs to go home. He comes to himself and begins that journey. So in our scripture, the Pharisees are being told by Jesus we're being told by Leslie and we're being told by this movie that when we find ourselves in the far country, we need to come home to God. That's why Jesus came. He came to lead the tenant sinners, the tax collectors, even the Pharisees, and everyone. He gives them a path back to God. Many more of us than you would think. We live in the far country even today. Lots of people have nice homes, cars, and lots of things, but somehow they still feel far from God. Maybe we have good careers that demand a lot of us, and that's fulfilling, but still, we feel far from God. Some of us have great families, but yet, we don't feel close to God. We have lives that brim with activity. But when we lay down in our bed at night, we wonder if it's worth it. We feel far from God. Some of us feel far from God because we're in bad relationships. And today, with the COVID-19 Many of us feel like the far country has come to us and we don't know how to deal with it. We're struggling with it. 
all of us, at some point or another, go to the far country. But we can come to ourselves. We can realize if we'll just look around that it doesn't have to be that way. Maybe it's through circumstance, or maybe it's through guilt, or another person's influence like Sister Helen. Maybe it's through crazy days like we're experiencing today with the virus. If we look around, we can see life should be better. And God intends life to be better. And when we realize this, Jesus is saying, God says, come home. You will be accepted and forgiven. You will have a place in God's kingdom. And if you decide to make that choice, when you come home in repentance, get ready for a party. Because a party is going to happen. Because great joy goes up in heaven when any sinner repents and comes home from the far country. Jesus came to show us the way back to God. During this this COVID-19 virus, coronavirus pandemic, maybe you see more clearly than ever before. You you're in the far country. As you see that, then it's time to come home. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.